Welcome to Entitled, a new podcast about millennials by millennials. I'm your host, Gabe Salazar, and each week I'll be joined by my friends to talk about pop culture, current events, and social issues that affect us millennials. Before we continue, make sure you subscribe to Entitled on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So today I'm joined by my good friend, Tabia, to talk about life after graduating college. I know that I'm super excited to be done with school, but nervous as hell for the real world. (laughs) Hi, Tabs. How are you? Hi. Hi from the West Coast, like three hours behind you guys. But thank you so much for having me. Thank you for doing this. You're so cool. Like West Coast life. How is that? Really, stop it. It's really not that cool. I'm like, okay, I just want to say I was list- I finally got around to listening to um, the podcast that you did with Izzy. And like, oh, yay. So it was well, number one, it was incredible. So if anyone's not subscribing, you're all missing out. Oh my God. Number two, I'm like trying to, you know, get into the San Francisco lifestyle, like wearing, you know, sneakers with jeans and like taking public transportation, <laughs> whatever. And I straight up almost walked into a train because I was laughing so hard at the <laughs> podcast. Like, oh my oh. god! Anyway, I'm telling you that your podcast is fantastic, and I'm so excited for you. But yeah, it's um definitely not as glamorous as um, everyone on the East Coast makes it seem. But it's it's awesome. It's nice. Uh, the weather is nice, and the people are nice. Um, but it's it's been a big change, so I'm excited to to talk about all of this. Yay! I'm so excited too. So you're three years out of college, right? Oh, right. what? Are right. you kidding? Oh, no, I, I graduated so. 2016, right. right? What year is it? Wait, I'm nervous. Did what? you graduate 2015 or 2016? 2016. 2016. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're yeah. two years out, right? Yeah. How does mm-hmm. it feel? Oh my God. I, you know, I can't really explain to you how weird it is. Like, I feel like every year, honestly, like every week post-grad, like there's a different feeling. Like you feel, I don't know. Like I, I think I'm at a point in my life right now where, um, I'm a little bit more removed from college, but there Mm -hmm. have been so many different processes that like took me to get here. Um, and I feel like I'm at this weird like middle ground where I'm like not yet fully an adult and I'm definitely not a college student, but I, I don't feel like, you know, towards either pole. I kind of feel like right in the middle. Right. So it's, it's, yeah. That's so interesting. So how did like, I'm thinking about like how like I'm feeling right now at this time where I'm in this very like transitional like place in my life where I'm about to end, you know, my college career. I'm about to go into the real world. Like there's so many things changing. Like how did you feel at this time when you were a senior? I think exactly like you were feeling like, I think it's number one, it's, it's good to know that you're not alone. Like these aren't feelings that are just exclusive to you. This is like a really rapidly changing time. Um, You're kind of, at this point where, you know, in high school, like it was kind of almost expected of you for go- to go to college. And in middle, like mm-hmm. after middle school, it was kind of expected for you to go to high school. But like after college, there are really no expectations. Like it's like some people go back to school, like other people get a job, people start traveling, people get engaged, people are having kids. Like it's nuts. Like oh my there's, God. <laughs> you know, like, it's crazy. Like you see it on Facebook every day, but um, it's, it is incredibly overwhelming. I remember, um, I, there were very many nights where I stayed up, you know, stressed out and crying, but, but, um, I think it's good to know that those feelings, whether, you know, good or bad, they're kind they're very fleeting. And I think 
you know, you asked me how I feel about it two years from now. I honestly can't remember very vividly, like how I felt in the moment, just because it was like, so in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I know that like what you're going through is valid because I know, I remember feeling like that, but it, it goes away. And, um, I, I totally understand the overwhelming feelings that you're going through. Oh my god! Literally, you describing what it's like after like graduation. It sounds like the wild, wild west where literally anything can happen. Like Donald Trump's cabinet, like wild, wild, <laughs> like no regulations, no control. Like it is really a weird time in life, and you know, a part of that is good. Like you're like, it's you have the freedom to make the choices that you want to make. There's almost like nothing really expected from you, and that's aside from you know your cultural or your family or all those expectations. But, um, a part of it is liberating, but the other part of it's almost terrifying. Like you want somebody right. to be like, okay, like apply to this grad school or like, okay, like this, you should go into this field. But like, there's no one, there's no guidance counselors. Like there's oh nothing. God. Not, yeah. That's crazy. So did yeah. you have like some sort of like, most people have like a three-year plan or like five-year plan that you were following. And if you did, oh my gosh. I like redo my five-year plan like every single day. And there's no plan. So I think, I, mean, oh, I think like looking back, I started college just being like, I guess when I graduated um, high school, I was like, I want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. This is five-year plan. Like I'm going to get through undergrad. I'm going to you know, get that bio major and apply to medical school. And like, junior of college was like, I am not interested or cut out for this. So mm-hmm. I decided to switch my major at that point. Um, decided that I was like really into policy and like advocating on behalf of like people that couldn't necessarily advocate for themselves and got really into like healthcare policy. Um, and yeah, sorry, what was the question? I'm like so lost now. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That happens to me all the time. Um, what yeah. I ask you, uh, Oh, did you have a five-year plan or whatever, yeah. oh, some kind okay. of plan? See, I honestly, my five-year plan, I don't even have a 30-second plan. I couldn't even finish that <laughs> time. So, yeah. So, anyway, so that was my five-year plan then. Then when I graduated, you know, I started working in the field of health policy, and I had, like, the five-year plan of, like, working in Jersey, like, state, like, legislature, and, like, you know, moving up on mm. up there. And then got this, like, incredible opportunity out in California to work in in tech and then like now my five-year plan like I don't even know where it is like I am still working on it so I think yeah I've I have definitely had um a lot of different types of five-year plans but um it's good to have a plan it's good to you know kind of see a vision for yourself I think it's also important not to be really strict um in that sense and and really be open to different opportunities because life's gonna do whatever it wants to be honest it really will and it's proven that unfortunately time and time again for me like this past semester like it literally just does whatever it wants yeah and I'm just like oh, oh this is not you know nothing is in my control I am literally just strapped in for the ride and I it yeah. can't stop yeah and, and I think once you come to that realization it's which I still haven't yet because I'm very much like type A needs control over my life but mm-hmm. once you start to accept that I think life becomes a little like lighter and a little easier because you're like, you know, I'm not necessarily in charge of all of my decisions. Like I can make a lot of them, but there are things in life that will happen, happen to you that are kind of out of your control, or at least I, you know, believe in that. And like, you really got to roll with the punches or like, you know, yeah, keep going. Oh my God. I need, 
I need that mentality. I need to keep going. I got like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely saying this, but like as soon as like something happens, like I I don't even know. Like I wear like an outfit I don't like. I'm like, oh my god, this is ruined. Like <laughs> it's I totally believe it right now, but like no, I've, it's really hard to kind of let things go and let things happen for themselves. That's literally me right now. Like I just I'm <laughs> I'm literally putting so much emphasis on things I know really won't matter and the next literally few weeks but I'm like stressing out about literally every single thing Mm -hmm. like especially like this thesis like yeah oh my god I mean I I remember I remember being there like I had I think it was so 302 or something where I had this big paper and then like my laptop died and I thought it was like the end of the world and I was like just like walking through campus, like crying, listening to my Spotify. Like, I remember all these things. Like, I remember them feeling like the end of the world. And then like, you know, like weeks later, months later, years later, like they, you won't even like remember that. It means nothing. It means means nothing after that. Exactly. It's kind of crazy. You're literally giving me hope for the future. (laughs) (laughs) My vision has been so bleak right now. I'm just like, I'm applying for jobs. I'm not going to get them. Like, this is so annoying. It's (laughs) really hard to stay optimistic. It's, I mean, I can't tell you, like, how many rejections, like, how many things I thought I wanted to do that I thought would work out. Um, Like, it takes so much. It takes so much positivity and, like, staying persistent and, like, I know you and Izzy talked about it on your social media podcast about how like everyone posts their accomplishments, but like no one's out here posting like, Oh, just got my fourth rejection from this job. (laughs) It's so hard to get overwhelmed and like bogged down. So what were you nervous about after like graduating and like trying to figure out like your life after it? Yeah. Um, well, so I think for me, um, I had, already kind of known where I was going to work because I was mm-hmm. interning for the company that I was working for um, right like right when I was graduating. So I kind of knew what was next. And honestly, that kind of terrified me because I thought I was going to be there forever. Right. Um, so I think for me, I was just like constantly like thinking about like what what's after this? Like when can I have my own place? When can I have my own life? Like um, I think that whole concept really was like what stressed me out the most. It was like, I don't want to get comfortable in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to always be growing and always be, um, you know, taking my next step. And I, I was really scared of getting very comfortable in where I was. Do you feel like that's a very common attitude amongst people your age and our age? Because I, I just think of like, all those like old people like baby boomers are like I've been in this company for like 48 years and I don't plan on leaving like do you feel that it's a a trend per se that more people are kind of spending two three years at a company and then moving and all that um I would say for you know for our age um I think where you start like I know this podcast is called Entitled, but I, they, I don't, which is so appropriate. But like, I think when you start out, you're like, uh, I feel entitled to be doing like a lot higher work than I should be doing. Right. Like you're like, oh, this is so beneath me, whatever. And I think that that um, you do start in these positions where you should be only working like two to three years, like entry level positions, and then should be moving on up or moving to other companies um, for that growth. So I think that like in our at like our place in time, it's totally fine to be, um, moving jobs, I think Mm -hmm. from 
from what I've learned. But um, at the same time, it's also good to know that you need to put in the time it takes to move up or to move to another position. And I think that sometimes like with like our education, our degrees, our internships, we're like, I should not be sitting here doing spreadsheets. But like the fact of the matter is that like somebody needs to be doing them and Mm -hmm. you're new and it's probably going to be you for a little bit of time. Um, so yeah, I think that that trend is, is, um, definitely part of like our generation and our, our, um, kind of our age group. Um, but I think in terms of comfort, um, right before I left my last job, I actually felt very, very comfortable. And I was there for about two years, including Mm -hmm. my interview. And I noticed that because like, I was the one that people were coming to with questions. Like I was the one who was like able to like, kind of like answer people's questions. I was just really comfortable in the job. And, um, and then I think at a point, like you really don't feel like being the new person again, you really kind of almost shy away from learning. Right. Um, And so I think that there comes a time where you, you start feeling comfortable and like, yeah, you can get to that point where like, Oh my God, I've been in this job for 30 years. And I think in my last job, like I was really hesitant in leaving because I really didn't want to step out of my comfort zone and try something new because I was so good at what I was doing. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Um, so yeah, I think it's, um, just like two parts. I think one, it's like, yes, you need to put in the time do and, um, so you can move on up, but also at the same time, you have to realize when you're getting comfortable, um, with whatever, you know, tasks that you're doing day to day and know when it's time to take a chance or like step out of that comfort zone. Right. So (laughs) you said that you worked in healthcare and then now you're in tech. What made you like take that, take that jump, that leap? Cause some people might think, you know, you know, how, how do you just do that? Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm still trying to figure out what happened because it all <laughs> in like a matter of three weeks, like there are literally like family members of mine that have no idea that I'm out here because it all happened so quick. But, oh my God. uh, so I am still in healthcare, like the field, but I'm in, you know, the technology aspect of it. Okay. Um, but you still technically under healthcare, but, um, basically what had happened was like every actually, I don't know if we'll, we'll get to this, but like every opportunity in my life has come up at such a strange point and has come up because of like a personal connection that I've made with a person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Like I, maybe my resume is just really bad, but like I have oh hundreds and hundreds of resumes. And like, unless I have like a face to face, like interaction with the person, like I've not gotten an opportunity from that. So, um, this opportunity actually came where I was, um, just talking to a friend who was out here, um, at the same company. And she just like, let me know that there were positions, um, open. And she was like, um, she was like, yeah, you should apply. So like I had applied, um, and then kind of, you know, on a whim, like was still working, wasn't thinking anything of it. And then, um, went out to interview and then got the job and they were kind of like, we need you out here in three weeks. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, I don't even know, like, like I have to move there. I have to figure this all out. I have to learn so much. But like when those things happen, I feel like it was just like a point in my life where I was like, this is an opportunity that I don't know if I'm ever going to get again. Mm -hmm. And there's never another time in my life where I can like pack four boxes and move across the country. Um, And also I was lucky enough to have family and friends who were super supportive. So yeah, I was able to make that, that switch into, you know, a similar but different field and into a completely different environment. But um, it's been an incredible, like, learning experience, and the learning curve has been so steep. But 
um, yeah, it's it's been quite the time. <laughs> I bet only three weeks to like get yeah. it together and then just move out. Yeah. I think with the whole interview process, it was like a total of one month or like five weeks. Because okay. like time I started, well, from the time I started interviewing to the time like I moved out was like five weeks, which is kind of like unheard of for like just like moving everything out here, yeah, like getting a very quick turnover. Yeah, a very quick turnover. But I think I've talked about this a lot with my friends, like with Izzy and. Um, I think at, as soon as you graduate, like a lot of things start to feel slow, like mm. you're no longer on like a semester schedule, you're no longer like study, you know, like I feel like in college, it's like, you're working towards your midterms, and you're working towards your finals. And like, wow. you're always moving. Right. But as soon as you graduate, it slows down. And like, I think that stillness is something that I did not appreciate as much as I should have um, mm. when I had it. And then because as soon as like something new like this starts to happen, it just like, changes everything like everything starts moving so fast and you almost miss those like slow moments where you were able to just be by yourself or catch up with friends and things like that and I think I wasn't as appreciative um of it as I should have been do you ever feel did you ever feel like a sense of like isolation after you graduate like even though I'm like most I'm gonna assume most of your friends were still like in the state when you were still here like did you ever felt did you ever feel like isolated or alone, even though you knew that your friends were like in the vicinity? Oh my gosh. I feel like that's a really good word to use because, um, I don't think you un like realize like while you're in college, how much social stimulation you're constantly getting. Right. Um, like, especially like, you know, like living in Travers, like with all the oh freshmen <laughs> or like almost like family and like, you're able to see like, one of your friends or just you're able to see someone your age like every almost like every second if you wanted yeah. to and as soon as you're like taken out of that setting you feel so it's just like the weirdest feeling like you're no longer in this like closed social environment with people your age like I remember like there was just so much time to myself that I had and it was like really isolating and um, yeah, I was, you know, lucky enough that I had a lot of friends that did stay, um, in the same state or stay within, you know, a reasonable distance that I could see them on like weekends. But like, I would go through the whole week and like only see my coworkers and then drive home and like see my parents, but like right. did not get any so of that social stimulation, um, during the week, which I feel like we took so for granted in college. Yeah. Cause I'm just like. I like I'm living at home after graduation and like my sister's been out of like college for a year now and just like seeing like talking to her about like the like problems she's facing like being at home she's just like I don't I'm not with my friends I'm not living with my friends it's so different like she like went through low-key like a little bit of like a, a depressive like moment because of the lifestyle change and never realized how impactful that is. Oh my gosh. I, I just remember feeling the same way. It was like, it's actually, there was this article that was written. I think it was the New York times. It's called, why don't we talk about post-grad depression? Yes. I read. Oh my God. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really well written. And like, um, I think it's, it's so true and so valid and something that we don't talk about is like really being taken out of your social surroundings. Um, where you really like in four years are able to make something, you know, like define yourself and make your friends and make those connections. And you're like literally like pride out of it. And like, especially for, I, I also moved back home and it's just like such a different environment. And, um, you kind of get some of your freedoms taken away. Like I remember like 
just being so angry at my parents for like literally nothing that they did. But like, if I go out to like Target, like they'd be like, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to Target, but I don't want to tell you like anything wrong. But I'm like, I just don't want to report to anyone. And I think being taken out of your freedoms and your and your social networks and um, like kind of having your own purpose and your things to do, like just like being ripped out of that and then moving back home and almost being like in a child position again, like the weirdest um, situation. And you definitely go through a period of time where like it's kind of sad and isolating and, you know, a little bit depressive. So was that like a, a driving force in you kind of like wanting to move? I mean, your situation is kind of different because you it was like you're moving point blank period but is that something that you're gonna miss at all whatsoever like living at home and like kind of feeling that being like back in the nest and now you're that baby chick again instead of that full-grown like peacock you know? <laughs> oh I like that um <laughs> no I think I'm really glad that you're talking to me now after I've moved out because I think now that I'm I'm able to kind of like provide like a holistic view of it almost whereas I was at home like I think all I thought about was like trying to move out I was like I gotta get out of here like it's been two years like I need to get my own place I need my own privacy whatever like I was just constantly focusing on the negatives but now that I'm out here and kind of far from home and like have my own place it is kind of easier for me to focus on the positives that um, aren't as apparent when you're at home Mm -hmm. I think one, it is so, especially in this economy, it is so <laughs> underrated um, living at home and saving money on rent. Like that is, oh my gosh, like I think I try to tell anyone, like everyone that that is the biggest benefit you can get from staying at home. Like I know it's kind of torturous and like stressful to live at home, but like that money that you save on rent will give you like the cushion to move to a place that you want to live in, in like two, three years. And like, that's something that like people don't realize and then end up living paycheck to paycheck and have no savings and like no foundation to start off. So I think now looking back, I am so grateful because like I did not know security deposits and like rent and like all this stuff. I was like, I would have had no money for any of this if I didn't. So that is definitely one thing that I like. I'm very, very happy that I did is, is stay at home and and save some money. Um, And then number two, you definitely miss being able to, I mean, I was lucky enough to come home to like food and mm-hmm. like house and like not have to worry about all those extraneous things kind of, and like focus on work and focus on applying and my next steps. Like once you move out and, and have like your own place, there are so many other things that come with like, you know, adulting or whatever it's called, but like there's so <laughs> many other things that come with it that like, if you have that, you know, one or two year buffer time where you are living at home, um, you can kind of adjust into. So honestly, looking back, I was very, I remember just being like very angry and like bitter and like just wanting to move, wanting to move. But like, I just remember actually when I did get this opportunity to move, I really was sad and like, didn't want to necessarily leave. Like I Mm. knew I was going to miss my parents. I knew I was going to miss my friends. And like, um, it's tough. It's like, you don't, you almost don't know what you have until it's like, gone I guess is the saying and um it was very true for for moving out for me how do you deal with that like homesickness oh my gosh I have literally I knew this would happen to me and like it's been tough and I think moving I have never been actually I realized I've never been 
um, more than like 40 miles away from home, like living like ever in my life. Like oh, I honestly wow. like, I can go to like summer camp. Like, yeah, like I've been on trips and stuff, but like I, you know, I went to middle school, high school, college, everything in New Jersey, like everything like mm-hmm. within driving distance of my parents. And like for my first big move to be like all the way across the country, it was kind of nuts. And, um, I'm definitely homesick. I'm definitely like, um, like I see my friends hanging out and like doing things and I'm like, Oh, like I wish I could be there. And it's, it's hard. And even with the time difference, which is only three hours, um, it's definitely difficult. But I think one thing that I'm realizing is that in college, like you have a lot of friends, but they're almost like friends, like some of them are almost friends because, um, just like almost out of convenience, like Mm -hmm. friends almost really like passive in college because like you see people at dining halls you see people in the gym or whatever and like you're able to maintain those friendships but friendships post-grad are very active like you have to to each other you have to make time to see each other like you have like I I, like will stay up late to like talk to some of my friends or like actually they'll stay up late and then like I'll or I'll like wake up early or like text them or something like that because I just want to you know make sure that I maintain those relationships and like I literally like set up calendar invites with my friends to check in with them because it is hard. It's hard mm-hmm. because you're on different schedules, you're on different times. And then especially if like, so my, like my best friend, Francesca, she goes to law school and she's yeah. a student. I'm working and we are totally different lifestyles. Like it is so different being a student versus working. So, um, staying in contact with, um, your friends and your family, it definitely alleviates that homesickness, but it's also like a very active process that you have to constantly work on. Dang. This I'm, is, I got, I'm, heavy. I I'm nervous. <laughs> no, I don't want to make you nervous. I think, I think these are things that I really wish that people had told me because yeah. I did not like, I think it took a lot of like self-realization of being like, I mean, you'll know as soon as you graduate, you'll be like, dang, I haven't seen like my best friend in like three weeks. And like, if they mean, which I'm sure they do, like if they mean a lot to you, it it really takes a lot of reaching out and like actively trying to see them and make plans and like fit into each other's schedules. Um, But it's worth it. And I think the time that you spend post-grad is like almost more like, like everyone's there and present and it's like almost more precious. So like, your friendships evolve. I don't think they ever necessarily go away, but they definitely evolve into different things. Right. I think, I think I've seen that a little bit because like when Nicole graduated, it was like, Oh my God, who am I going to be? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, how could she leave me? She's so rude. I so rude. (laughs) I can't believe her. Yeah. And like going through like the whole, like she's like a nurse now. She's so she's like on a totally different schedule. And like, the times that I do, like you said, the times that I do get to like see her, which is like once every three to four months, mm-hmm. it's like I literally cannot stop crying. I'm like, oh my god, you're here in the flesh, like you're alive. But it's almost more like you appreciate each other more. Absolutely, almost. absolutely. I appreciate it, Nicole. Everyone appreciates her, but <laughs> um, but it's like when you don't get to see each other more, you almost like appreciate the value of your like of their friendship more. Yeah. So. Yeah. Texting is not enough for me. I need yeah. the FaceTime, the yeah. Snapchat. Teen people. Like who has 16 friends? I don't know, but I don't. I barely I don't. have 3. <laughs> That's so funny. I know it's nuts. It's like I don't know what kind of demographic Snapchat is reaching, but no one has six, no one has 8 friends. That's what I'm saying. It's, no one has 5. 
It's a lot. Yeah, we really need like maybe three max. It's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much. Literally. Okay, so this is the second to last question. Um, Okay. What advice would you give to, you know, those who are about to graduate, you know, who are about to be adulting? Um, you know, what what kind of advice would you give them, you know, before going into the real world? Mm. Honestly, do you have any advice for me? Because I'm still looking for it. <laughs> I, I think one kind of vague and cliche advice is like, really put yourself out there. Like, I know it's hard. But there is nothing like almost beneath you. Like I would go to these like um, at TCNJ, I would go to those like alumni events that would be like recent grads and where they're working. And like it, it's really awkward and it feels like you're like, I don't know, like sucking up to people. But right. like not. like when they say like net- networking is kind of the worst, but it really is how you make your connections. And it's it is how I've gotten all of the jobs that I've gotten. It's like really show up to these things and like kind of put your pride aside and like, yeah, just show up and like um, show up with your resume, show up with like what you're interested in. So that's kind of like the the vague, like just like show up to things and, and put yourself out there. And, you know, even in situations that you wouldn't necessarily go to like these networking events. Um, and then the more like practical advice that I wish people had told me is that, um, yes, be like, there is not that much, like, I feel like there's not very many things that are like below you. Like, yeah, you're just starting out. Like you should take, um, whatever opportunities like come to you. But at the same time, like there are some things that you shouldn't compromise on like that, that whole, like, Oh, like choose, like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Like that, that's like a bullshit quote. Like no matter what you do, like if you're working, you're working and you'll always have to work and it's, it's always stressful and it's always work. But if you factor in things like things that I didn't factor in, like your commute, um, what I did factor in was like who I was working for, the work environment, if, mm-hmm. if the job I was going to do, like at the end of the day, I felt like I was like making a difference. Like all those little things really impact your happiness post-grad. And when, and like your job is literally your whole life. I don't think you realize that like until you graduate, it's like your nine to five is like a huge portion of your week. All you have to yourself for the weekend. So like, I think really like, not being picky, but like also at the same time, knowing your worth and like mm-hmm. um, making sure that you get what you need out of, out of your job um, is a really big key to like being happy um, post-grad. So yeah, I think those are two pieces of advice that I wish that people had kind of given me before I graduated. That's so good. I'm going to keep that in my mind when I'm like applying for these like <laughs> temp positions i'm like oh you know what i can do that i, I can be an assistant <laughs> but at the same time like yeah you can you know you could be an assistant but at the same time if you're like working for like i don't know like a neo-nazi group and you're like and is it like you need to like align yeah, no thank you you know like there is like there needs to be something there that you align with so like the mission or like that your boss's vision or like even the commute or like something like that like something that you can right. all, like that you that you like and that you can align with, um, you need something like that in your job. You can't just be a temp position anywhere. Right. I don't think working for a neo-Nazi would be my, my kind of groove, but I'm, yeah, I would definitely be something that you'd be like, yeah, maybe I, I won't do this. Yeah, you maybe, know, I would reevaluate, maybe not, 
press the submit button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like that definitely, yeah, be picky in those situations, <laughs> I think would be my advice. What we're trying to tell everyone is do not mm-hmm. work for a neo-Nazi. That is a yeah. PSA by Gabe and Tabs right now. Yeah, do not do that. Don't it do is it. Not- <laughs> Just don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I ask all of uh, my guests on here on the pod. That sounds so ridiculous. Um, this question. So in the spirit of the name of the podcast, what do you feel entitled to? Oh, that's a really good question. And it could be like funny or like serious or. Hmm. You know what? I think I'm going to go serious, kind of serious. But I think for me, um, I feel very entitled to growth. And that's um, whether it's in my career, whether it's in my personal relationships or, you know, physically, like emotionally, like I just feel very entitled to growth. And that's either the actual process of growth or the ability to grow in general um I think that's something that I would never give up and that I feel like very very entitled to and it's like a big core part of my being if that makes any sense just being all philosophical out here in San Francisco you know it's I feel like it's that west coast breeze that lets you like breathe real air I live two streets (laughs) also from where LSD was invented I don't know if that's like are you like near the height Ashbury district that is. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! When you come to visit, let me know. Oh my god! I was I've been reading a, a crap load of books on it. If you want to read like a really good profile of what it was like in like the 1970s, this is so random. Read um, yeah. Joan Didion's article or like story called "Slouching Towards Bethlehem." She literally just puts herself into like all these like spaces where everyone's literally doing drugs. It, it's, oh my! God. It's so cool. But not cool at the same time. But like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> podcast, you want to talk to me about the like socioeconomic like divisions in San Francisco? I'm down because I have been. Oh, I need to stop. It's let, too much. No, honestly, let me not like because I can go <laughs> off about the Mission District and how the tech companies out there are like. I know. Oh, uh, we'll save it for another time. We'll spare uh, everyone. Yes. <laughs> All right. I just want to thank you so much, Tabs, for this awesome conversation that hopefully will help a bunch of little youngins out there in their time of nervousness about graduating and going out into the real world. Of course. Yeah. And one last thing, I feel like everyone tells people in college, like those are the four best years of your life. And that is absolutely wrong. Like your life does not need to be ranked. It does not need to be like the best or the better. Like, life is life it'll be good it'll be bad but the four years are not your peak like there's so much more ahead of you yeah I'd be sad as hell if my peak was college (laughs) at such a young age I want to peak when I'm 89 oh that's a good age so that so that if I go downhill you know it can be cut quick (laughs) most popular podcast in the nursing home amazing <laughs> oh my god i just want to thank you again um i want to shout out christina for being an awesome audio engineer and helping me with literally everything um <laughs> shout out to the imm department at the college of new jersey for letting me do this i still question you know sometimes why um but thank you and have a good night I, wait i don't say oh, have a good night it's not evening <laughs> Have a good life. Have a great life, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Bye.